0: James chapter 5, verses 7 through 8 says this. Be patient. How many of you love that part right there? How many of you are like, let's shut our Bibles, I'm done, all right? <laughs> be, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Be patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also, be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. This morning, as we continue on in our series, Away in a Manger, I want to speak to you from the subject, the problem with Advent. The problem with Advent, all right, as we deal with the issue of waiting, of waiting. Would you you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you this morning that you are establishing, you are anchoring our hearts, that you are anchoring our minds, you are anchoring our souls in the truth of your word. So God, this morning I pray that as we dive into your word, that things would be shaken and shifted, that we would be built up, that things would be established that maybe weren't there before. God, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would shine light on the dark places of our lives. We love you, we thank you for this morning, we worship you this morning. And God, I pray that as we dive into your word, that we would see things differently and that we would experience your presence and the freedom that your presence brings. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, and everybody shouted. The problem with Advent... I'm like seriously excited about Christmas this week. Like it, it, this is my jam. Like I, I love th- this week, okay? Uh, and, and maybe some of you, maybe there's like maybe one person, uh, Pastor Mike, who can be more excited than I am about that, about this week. But I love Christmas week uh, so much. I, I love the feeling that it brings. I love the expectation that it brings. I love that it's cold. I literally am praying for snow on Christmas Eve, do I got a witness in here, right? Come on. And so I, this, this is my week. I can't wait for this week. I've been excited about it. But there's a problem with this week, and it's that I have to wait. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I have to wait. I, I, get, I get this excitement going on many, like Christmas Eve night is the worst night ever for me because I get no sleep. Like one, because I know that my kids are going to be up early jumping on me, but at the same time, I'm pumped about it. Like, I'm excited about Christmas, I cannot wait. Does anybody else have a waiting issue? Does anybody else like me where waiting is a difficult notion at at best? Now, in the first week of the series, if you were here, you may be saying, wait, didn't we talk about this waiting issue? Yes. And I made a comment in that message that had a, I got a lot of feedback on it from people. And I made the comment, don't hate the wait. I don't know if you remember that that comment that I made, don't hate the wait. And so I had a lot of people afterwards, I've gotten some text messages about it and actually a few coffees over this idea of waiting. So I thought, hey, I'm actually going to deal with waiting a little bit more. And so I felt like, man, we really need to dig into this idea because I proposed the idea of waiting and I said, don't hate the wait. But here's the issue that we really got to get down with is this, do we know how to wait well? Do we know how to wait well? Because we know our kids don't know how to wait well, okay? (laughs) But I would actually argue this morning that many of us don't know how to wait well. And so I want to deal with waiting, how we wait, what it looks like. Advent means the coming or the arrival. And the problem with Advent is that where there is something coming or about to arrive, that means there is something waiting for that arrival, so it's this weird equation, and that's what Advent was about. And so 2,000 plus years ago, Advent, we're waiting for this prophecy that was made in Isaiah, and, and the people are waiting for this King, this Lord, this Savior, and Jesus comes in a manger, the advent of, of Jesus. He lives his life, he does his ministry, the Bible says, and tells us that he was crucified on a cross, that he was buried, that he rose again, and that he ascended into heaven. And now here we are in this portion of time where we once again, What? Waiting. We're waiting. The Bible talks about a second coming, a second advent, if you will, where we're waiting once again, but this time we have some information about how to wait. We have some information about the importance of our waiting. We have some information as to what our waiting should look like. And so now this morning, I'm not going to dig so much into this, the concept or the truth of Jesus coming back this morning, but rather, how do we Wait. How do we wait? How do we wait well? How do we get okay with waiting? If I'm honest with you this morning, I could say there's probably been some moments in my life where I haven't waited well. Anybody else with me this morning? (laughs) I haven't waited too well. You ever been in a waiting period, then you decide in that waiting period, I'm going to take that waiting period into my own hands because I'm just done waiting, right? That's usually an indication that we don't necessarily know how to wait that that well see waiting's just not our game yeah for some of us a small few waiting comes pretty easy and pretty natural but for most of us waiting is one of the most difficult parts of life that there could ever be did anybody go shopping yesterday I waited I left at two in the afternoon and I got back at almost five and went to two stores and that's not because I labor over my shopping it's because I was waiting everywhere Literally, I went into one store yesterday, and I saw the line. I, this is no joke. I had my little girl with me, and uh, we're walking in the, in the line, and I had a, a cart full of stuff that I was going to be I was shopping specifically for my wife, and Shiloh's standing with me, and we roll up to where I thought the line was, and a lady points back there to make sure that I didn't cut her off, right, with the stank eye. She was like, I'm sorry, okay. So I looked at the line, and Shiloh looks at me, she says, Dad, do we have to wait that?" I said, absolutely not. Let's go. Your mom's not getting gifts this year. <laughs> we left the store because I was not waiting. I was like, wait a second. I'm going to do shopping this week when nobody's in the store, right? We hate waiting. It doesn't help that our culture makes waiting a difficult reality. Given the fact that everything that we have is so easily and quickly attainable, isn't it? If we want it, we can pretty much get it now. So what happens is that we get very frustrated and disillusioned when something, especially God, makes us wait. Like we get frustrated with this idea. I can't believe God would make me wait. Does he not know who I am? At the beginning of the series, I touched on the idea of waiting. And so this morning, I want to continue on with this idea of waiting with a more in-depth and, and, and practical application to it. Because, I mean, after all, Advent is about waiting. I mean, the core truth of Advent is about Waiting, and this is how James highlights it for us as well. Waiting is such an important part of who we are and how God, listen to this this morning. If you're taking notes, write this down because you need to understand, waiting is how God works in our life. Some of us don't like that this morning. Wait, what? He makes us wait? Yes! He actually uses waiting. If you ever wanted to understand or know what God, what are some of the tools that God uses to work in my life? Wait! He uses the wait. He uses waiting seasons, waiting periods, to do some of his greatest work in our lives. So what I want to do this morning is work through how to do waiting well. Because the reality is is that this is where most of us struggle. I think we can all get down with the fact that we are going to have to go through seasons of waiting. But the question is this, whether or not we are equipped to handle those seasons correctly. So I want to look at a few things that we need to understand in order to do waiting well. This is the first one. If you're taking notes this morning, I'd love for you to write this down. The first thing that we need to do, practical aspects of, of waiting, is we have to learn to wait with consideration. We have to learn to wait with consideration. Listen to Psalm 25, verses 4 through 5. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For I will wait all the day long. Come on, we shall wait this morning. Come on, turn to neighbor and say, I'm getting down with waiting. All right. (laughs) Getting down with waiting. We'll read that one more time. listen Listen to what the psalmist says. Make me know your ways. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. This is the, this is the thing we need to understand is that we have to learn how to consider why we are waiting. And this is something that many of us never consider. We just get frustrated with waiting. But we have to consider, why are we waiting? This is such a great question, why am I waiting? Uh, I love being in the woods. Anybody a fan of being in the woods? Come on, love hiking and and skiing, doing everything like that. And so uh, I took my kids into the woods this last summer we were hanging out, and, and we did some fishing, at the, especially at the beginning of the summer. And my kids are getting more and more adventurous. They're five and, and six, and they, they love to have fun. And, and my boy loves to climb rocks. He loves to climb things, right? He would climb anything that he possibly could. So we're in the forest, and we're wandering around. We're trying to get to this little lake that we're hiking in. And there was this moment where both of them decided from Justices, my little boy's lead, that they were going to jump in front of Dad. And they were going to take off down the path. To which, as a father, I responded with one simple word. Wait! Right? And they looked at me and they asked the simple question that every kid asks. Why? And I said, because there's bears. (laughs) 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 Nothing else works, just scare them, all right? (laughs) Parenting tip 101. (laughs) They just stopped and they were like, I don't know dad move rocks <laughs> but there's something inherent in, inside of us and our kids show us I, I think our kids exemplify for us what it is and how it is that we interact with God many times right and we see we see what God's potentially trying to do for some of us and we see oh man this is where God's trying to take me this is where God's leading me and and God's trying to do some stuff in our lives and we get anxious and we get like all kind of pumped up about it and then we just want to go for it and God say, wait why Because we need to be taught his ways. Teach me your paths. Lord, lead me, lead me, lead me in your truth and teach me. See, we have to learn how to consider. We have to learn how to wait in consideration because there's some teaching, there's some learning, and there's some leading that needs to take place in our lives so that we can negotiate and get to the place that God has for us. But many times we like to run ahead of God instead of wait on God. And he says, you need to consider why you're waiting. You know, at the end of the day, I got down and I, and I hung out with my kids for a second. and I said, kids, okay, there, there's not really bears because dad wouldn't be out here if there was bears. okay?" But we wait because I need to be able to see and know what's in front of you. I need, to, I need to go down the path that I'm leading you down so that you don't get hurt, so that you don't trip over something, or so that you potentially can see after I recognize that there is something in the way. And many times as I'm walking down the path, watch out for that, log, watch out for that. Rock or I back up, watch this church, I back up and I grab the hand of my children so that I can passionately lead them along the path because I just know that if I were to allow them to do it by themselves, the path is too treacherous. But see, when we run ahead of God, when we stop waiting on God and we don't wait in consideration, we have a tendency to start wandering down a path where we don't understand what the path looks like and what's a part of that path. And then we find ourselves hurt by the very thing that God actually wants to lead us into because we jump ahead of the very one who's supposed to lead us into it. Anybody tracking with me this morning? (laughs) So we have to learn to wait With consideration. Can I help the singles out in here this morning? (laughs) Wait! (laughs) Why? Because there's bears! (laughs) (laughs) Big, gnarly, ugly bears! I gotta wait. I gotta learn to wait with consideration. What is God trying to do in and through your season of waiting? What is He trying to develop in us as we wait? These are important questions to be asking ourselves when we are in a season of waiting. Moses waited 40 years, it's a long time to wait with a bunch of knuckleheads, wandering and waiting, waiting and wandering. You ever felt like that before? Wandering and waiting, waiting and wandering. It's a song over my life, waiting and wandering, wandering and and waiting. Moses did this, and at times he would jump ahead of God, and he would get frustrated, and we would see Moses lash out and do things that he wasn't supposed to do. And and yeah, we we, we do this sometimes, but the storyline of Moses' life is learning how to wait. Why are we waiting? We've got to wait in consideration, and it's right there in Psalm 25. Make me know your know your ways. Someone's gonna be okay, God. If you have me waiting instead of being frustrated with the wait, God, help me know your ways. Where, where are you leading me? Teach me your paths. Think about that for a second. Understand this truth for a second. Teach me your paths. That means he's literally teaching you the path, showing you. Because have you ever just wandered and kind of done things your own way and you bump into stuff and you get hurt and you get even more frustrated? Isn't this the way that I'm supposed to be going, God? Isn't the way that this is supposed to work? And God's saying, well, this is the path that I have for you, but if if you just let me lead and teach you the ways of this path, you're going to get to where I'm trying to lead you to. We gotta learn to wait with consideration. Number two, the second thing that we've gotta understand when it comes to waiting is we have to learn to wait with anticipation. Anticipation. Philippians chapter one, verses three through six says this, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always, in in every prayer of mine, for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. That's what I want you to hear this morning, verse six. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. What is the space between began and completion? Wait! Wait! Ever realize that before? Every time I read the scripture, I hate Paul. Because of the gap, I'm sure. Now, this is great for Paul when he's writing to the Philippians saying, I'm sure of this, that, that what God began, he's going he's to bring to completion. But what about the middle space? What about the waiting? And it's right here in this piece of scripture that Paul is driving this idea is that we have to learn to wait with anticipation. Why? This is the truth. Write this down this morning. Anticipation creates appreciation. anticipation creates appreciation simple story this happened last night my wife says to me do you want to build Shiloh's gift to which I said absolutely not who wants to do that don't anybody tell her we bought her this crazy weird dollhouse thing okay it's like this big dollhouse not weird dollhouse not like a house of horrors or anything like that it's like (laughs) this crazy thing (laughs) It's this big, big dollhouse for this doll that she wanted. And uh, of course, like everything that you have to do for children, they give you the box with instructions you can't read, with a lot of screws that becomes really intimidating, okay? And so we start the building process. At one point, church, so hear me. At one point, I'm standing on a stool. This is how tall it is. To put in a screw. (laughs) I went, what are we doing, babe? Like... Like, we have to rethink our life choices here, like right now, <laughs> when it comes to these things. At the beginning of our session of building together, and just by way for the married couples, I helped the singles out this morning, if you ever want any type of marriage development like, like seminar, just build a dollhouse. <laughs> conflict, conflict resolution, more conflict, some not resolved, forgiveness on her part, Right? <laughs> So we're building this thing, but what was actually kind of funny is by the by the time we got to the end of it, we were actually like there was great appreciation of what had just taken place. You know, you know what I'm talking about? And, and, and there was a great like it literally it took us two and a half hours to build this thing. Some waiting, yes, I know it was ridiculous, right? It's like I got church in the morning. This is ridiculous. And so we're building this thing, and there was a great amount of frustration because I'm like I don't want to wait to build. Can we just snap our fingers and it be built and it be done? But what I've come to realize about anticipation is that it creates appreciation. If I could just snap my fingers, although that would be nice, and the the house is built, I don't appreciate it as much. I don't appreciate it as much. And we've gotta understand and learn that in the waiting seasons of life, we have to learn to wait with anticipation. But I've figured out something. Most of us wait with frustration. Right? Most of us wait with frustration. Erica kept on doing it. As we're, the, as we're building the house together, she's like, yeah, this is so awesome. I hope Shiloh loves this gift. If she doesn't love this gift, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> right? But she was, she was getting excited about it. Me, on the other hand, I was frustrated through the process of this. I was like, I can't believe we're building this house. Just all angry and bent out of shape and my stomach's hurting and I'm sweating and I'm like, is it hot in here? And I was going through the waiting frustrated. But how many of you realize something that when we wait with frustration, the finality of it all is not glorious. Because by the time we get there, We realize how we did the waiting, and we can't enjoy the finalization of it. So we got to learn to wait in anticipation. Well, what does that mean practically? It means coming in here on a Sunday morning and you may be waiting in a season. You may be waiting in a very long season, but I'm going to anticipate with God. I'm going to be joyful with God. I'm going to worship even in the middle of my waiting season. I'm going to build relationship even in the middle of my waiting season. I'm still going to pour into my relationship with God even in the middle of a waiting season. Why? Because I am anticipating what God is going to to do in my life so that when I get to the end of that thing, I can appreciate what God has done in my life. We got to learn to wait with anticipation. So I'm excited for Christmas. I put on weird flannel shirts that look Christmassy to me. And I drink eggnog. I haven't done that yet. Any eggnog fans in here, (laughs) right? Because I'm waiting with anticipation. We know how to wait in anticipation for the things that we really like. We don't know how to anticipate or wait with anticipation when it's waiting for the things that matter. Let's go back to the singles for a second. I feel like i got to help the singles out in here this morning. Singles, bring your friends in the second service. We'll do therapy. It'll be good, right? (laughs) You're in a season of waiting... And I've talked to so many who are frustrated during that season of waiting because I just want my prince charming. I just want my princess. I just want this. just want this. And maybe you come into church and you look at these, and you look at couples and you think, oh, I just want this, and you're in this waiting season. You're frustrated, and you're frustrated, and you do a frustrated season, and you make decisions out of frustrated emotions. Instead of anticipating. Oh, I'm, inten- I'm anticipating what God is going to do. So that when God finally brings what he wants to bring into your life, you can appreciate what he's brought to you. You know, I have to do this as a senior pastor as well. I can get frustrated that things don't move at my pace, my way. Right? And I like to move at the speed of light, sound, whatever there has speed associated with it. And smart in some areas, not all folks, okay? Come on. <laughs> Baseball math and quantum physics, way over my head, all right? But I get frustrated sometimes if I'm honest. If I if I'm really honest. I get frustrated sometimes. Why God? Why why not this? Why not why not that? Have you ever noticed that sometimes our frustration in the middle of a waiting season is simply because we compare it to somebody else's season? Hello. Sorry, can I be a little challenging this week before Christmas? Because we got to learn to wait well with anticipation so we can appreciate it. So when I'm in my season where I feel like I'm waiting on God to do something, we're waiting on God to do some amazing things. But what we have a tendency to do is while we're waiting on God to do amazing things, we have, we have a tendency to devalue the amazing things He's already done. And so we've got to be very careful that when I'm in my season of waiting, that I do it with anticipation, knowing that something is coming, but God is still doing something in the middle of my waiting season that is just as amazing. And I can't get frustrated in this season. I just got to roll with the season and and ebb and flow with the season and be okay in my waiting season and, and anticipate what God is doing so that when it comes, I can appreciate what he's brought. Number three, the last one is this. We have to learn to wait with participation. We have to learn to wait with participation. Luke chapter 1, 34 through 38. Let's bring us back to the Christmas story now. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child shall be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. God had done a miracle there. Verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. We like that part, don't we? We love that part. Nothing will be impossible. We preach sermons about that part, right? We put it on bumper stickers and on our Facebook. Nothing is impossible with God. Some of us tattoo it on our body. We do whatever we possibly can because we love nothing is impossible with God. Verse 38, but this is the caveat to that. Watch what Mary says. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. See, it's one thing to say anything is possible with God. It's another thing to participate in the process of the impossible. And last time I checked and looked, the impossible is still a waiting period. Why not Jesus? Manger. The angels show up, manger. I mean, he's done many miracles before manna from heaven, quail running around, fire from heaven. Come on, parting Red Seas, walls falling down, giants being slayed. God has done some pretty amazing miracles. Why not? Jesus is coming. Sorry, it's a it's a sound effects morning. <laughs> this is how I picture the story if it was in my head, right? <laughs> why did Mary have to have the baby? Why did why did she have to carry it for 9 months to term? Why did she have to go through? This, this is what I start asking myself when I'm reading this story, when I'm looking at this. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. This is how we look at it. We look at it like a Hallmark card. Like it's this nice, beautiful thing. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be uh, according to, uh, to me, according to your word. All nice and beautiful. Mary's like, yeah, gee, I'm, I'm just a teenager and I'm about to have a baby and, and, and intercourse wasn't a part of that. It's immaculate conception and an angel's telling me, yes, please let it be to me, according to your word. Easy. Because most of us would negotiate that very easily. We have to learn to wait with participation. See, the angel told Mary, this is what what the path is going to look like for you. And Mary had a choice. Yes or no. And the question is this, in your waiting season, are you willing to participate in it? Or do you put your foot down and you say, God, you do it or nothing? You ever been there with God before? Come on, can we just be honest for a second? Like, have you ever been in a tug-of-war with God before? <laughs> have you ever been in this moment where it's like, God, I, I, I know what you're asking of me. And, and maybe you haven't. Maybe you're like, I'm not, I'm not even there in my relationship with God yet. And, and that's okay. That, that, that journey's coming. Well, the minute we say yes to Jesus, it's a journey of waiting and then appreciating and, and seeing God's hand of favor in our lives. It's this constant journey. But have you ever been in a moment with God where you kind of said, No, I don't want to do it? When God first asked us, put it on my heart to plant this church, like in the transition period, God put it in my heart in 2001 to plant this church in Salt Lake City, Utah. I love Salt Lake, love this place. And through a joke. Let's <laughs> put in my heart. My buddy said, Hey, wouldn't it be funny if you planted a church in Salt Lake one day? Ah. <laughs> Everybody laughs. Understanding that? And then boom, you ever had the proverbial bomb go off? Boom. And you walk away and you're like, oh my gosh. Mind blown. <laughs> Twelve years. Till we planted in 2013. But when we were in Phoenix and God was working in this transition, we were part of a ministry that was going really well and a lot of great things were happening and our family was comfortable and this was comfortable and that was coming. I mean, we were were comfy, like lazy boy comfy. (laughs) Right? You ever been there before? And God starts to just nudge some things. It's time. But God, don't you see what I'm doing? Have you not noticed how awesome this is over here? Have you not noticed how cool, that, have you not noticed that in all the prayers and all the, the things that, that I've been desiring in life, it's kind of coming to fruition, it's happening, it's working, we're seeing lives change, we're seeing people saved, we're seeing young people, young adults flee from the clubs and come into our young adults ministry, we're seeing the city, it's awesome, things are going so well, and God says, I need you to go do it someplace else now. Where? Remember that Utah thing? Oh, snap. Now, I'd like to tell you this morning that you're you're, you're faith-filled. Oh, faith-filled pastor. Right when God said something, I was like, let's do this. And I was like, God, you're gonna have to pause for about three months. It took me three months to wrestle through it. Because this is the question that I really felt God was dealing with me. Are you okay being on the backside of the desert in complete and total anonymity, but changing a city? And every part of man in me So I don't know if I'm okay with that. Can I just be transparent and open this morning? Because don't we all like applause, don't we all like accolade? Don't we all like attaboy, good job, you're doing well. Don't we all like people seeing the, the fruit of something? What do you mean? You want me to go somewhere that's, that's different, it's got a different culture, and nobody knows us, and, 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 and we got to start from the ground up? You mean we got to start in a living room, like with, like, with just like, a few people that we have to get to know each other, like actually talk and eat cake and do things like that and, and build a church out of nothing? Yes, that's what I want you to do. I don't know. Three months. Three months. And I strolled up. I remember sitting at my desk, my office, little Starbucks double shop next to me. And I chugged it. Some college frat boy just (laughs) put it down. This is literally the conversation I've got. I don't even think I've told anybody this before. And put it down. And I said, let's do this. Let's do this. And all hell broke loose. Did he just say hell? Yes. Because it broke loose. Everywhere. Hell everywhere. God, what are you doing? Isn't this what? Yeah? Are you okay with participating? Listen. We have to learn to wait with participation. Now I know sometimes waiting is just simply be still. The Bible tells us, be still, know that I am God. Yes, that's a portion. That's where I kind of highlight the consideration. Thing. But there's also active participation in waiting. It looks like faith. It looks like prayer. It looks like patience. It looks like resigning my desires at times. Come on, somebody. It looks like waiting in obedience to his call and his command in my life. We participate in waiting. We say yes to what he's trying to do in our lives. This Christmas season, church. For some of us, we're waiting. We've been waiting for years. I don't know what that thing is. For some of us, it's a business, it's a ministry, it's writing, it's parenting. For some of us, it's stepping out to uncharted waters. For some of us, it's stepping into the use of our gifts, our talents. For some of us, it's being more generous and actually giving of ourselves giving of our time and our talent and our resources and our treasure. For some of us, it's getting plugged in. For some of us, it's giving our life fully over to Jesus. We've been waiting. What are you waiting for? For some of you in here, it's saying forgiveness. It's giving forgiveness. For some of us in here, it's crossing the line That was was laid. It's just saying, okay, let's go for this. What are you waiting on? Who are you waiting on? Why are you waiting? The question is, can we participate in the waiting period? Can we be okay with it? Can we trust God in the midst of it? Because He, who has started a good work, is faithful to complete it. I should stand to your